0: Therefore the Lord will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with the child and shall bear a son and shall call him Emmanuel. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. everybody i'm chris dowd
1: and i'm reagan gilliland
0: and this is off script podcast where every week we take a deeper dive on my sunday sermon talk about the theology behind it and get a chance to discuss anything that ended up on the cutting room floor and we are talking about my favorite time of year advent it's here we've taken a few weeks off we had some weird scheduling stuff with Mm -hmm. staff um, being here and then not here and half of us were sick Sick. half (laughs) of the time and so now we're just resetting for advent so that's fun a big kickoff a giant kickoff a to the best kickoff. season of the year mm-hmm.
1: yeah no i felt like for a long time i was like okay you know advent will be here like later on and then all of a sudden i was like oh no then it was thanksgiving and now i'm like oh my gosh it's here mm-hmm. which we plan so much and we talk about it forever yeah, yeah, and then yeah. all
0: of
2: a sudden and bam
1: <laughs>
3: bam i feel like the planning also changes time a little bit like i never know what sunday it is <laughs> i'm always two weeks ahead yeah
0: I don't know what time that Yes, is. that's an occupational hazard. Yep. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, so we
1: actually did something different here at Christ United to kick off well, Advent. Well, we're not going to talk
0: about Thanksgiving first?
1: Oh, yeah. Let's do time. Except mine was a bus. We're so both out of practice. So what did you do for Thanksgiving? I had the flu for Thanksgiving. Wow.
2: So oh, wow.
0: That doesn't sound fun.
1: It was not fun. So we were going to go to Kansas City, see my family. Do
0: other people in your family have the flu?
1: My daughter did and my middle son did.
0: Middle son, Jude. Jude. your middle
3: son my
1: middle son um so we uh my daughter got a fever that first saturday of break and we called my mom and i'm like maybe we should come a day late i don't know my dad's supposed to have surgery next week we don't want to delay it and then she made the call like hey let's not risk it Mm -hmm. like no one come i was like okay Which, thank goodness, we didn't because we ended up getting the flu. But Mm -hmm. we, like, then we scheduled a Friendsgiving. We're like, well, now we're here. Let's have a Friendsgiving. And that got canceled. (laughs) And then we're like, okay, maybe if no one else gets the flu, just my daughter, we'll be good by Thanksgiving. We can be with my husband's family. And then, no. Then we all, you know. Mm -hmm. So then we just, I just was in bed. (laughs) On Thanksgiving?
0: On Thanksgiving. But then did you have, like, turkey and stuff the next day?
1: Yes, Friday. Uh Uh-huh. Because my in-laws were amazing and brought us like Aww. plates, so uh, we did nice. get we did get to eat. But uh, yeah, it was kind of a bummer week.
0: <laughs> and I know this; I know I already know this. Did you have cranberries?
1: Yes, the jelly kind. Yeah, with so because
0: you and I are on the opposite sides of this, correct? Mm-hmm. You're the nasty can. Which one are you? You're a country girl. You're just...
3: I'm both. Both we have both.
0: Which one do you prefer?
3: The can.
0: Yeah, that's oh, right. My God. So my we were hosting my little brother and his two children and we made listen we went all out I I smoked a a tenderloin and we had a turkey and we had of course mashed potatoes and we had butternut squash and the whole thing and I had properly the way God intended it (laughs) fresh cooked cranberries boiled with a cup of water and a cup Mm. of sugar like it should be done
3: no nuts in there?
0: no 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 just straight up cranberries
3: oh see my mom adds nuts and celery Mm.
0: Mm. sorry mom that's a left turn. <laughs> That's why you prefer the can. So we just try to cook them like right off, like the recipe on the bag. So my niece, she's a senior in high school. Uh-huh. It's like, where are the cranberries? I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, this beautiful bowl right here. Uh-huh. She's like, you don't have them out of a can. I'm like, oh my god, not you too. Yeah. So anyway,
1: it was great. And you got your Christ- you got your Christmas stuff up.
0: So Half we, of it. so yeah, so we have one of our trees up. We have about half of the lights outside up and then we have, um, all the inside decorations up except for the second tree upstairs. And the reason is because we, um, three of us, um, Max had something going on. So me and Sam and Whitney went and we got both our flu shot and the COVID shot Moderna from target and woofty. It was 24 hours of not being able to put the tree up. It was brutal on Saturday. So but now but now it's yeah, we're we're pretty close to being ready.
2: All right.
1: Ashley,
3: your place decorated. Oh yeah. We did that last night. We watched Miracle thirty uh-huh. fourth street. Wait, is that it?
0: Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah, okay. Was oh, like one? A Miracle, the, old one or the, the
3: hockey movie. I was <laughs> <freaking> <laughs> no, I had a, I had a dyslexic moment and was like, is it 43? the original, the 43?
0: Natalie Wood one or the new one?
3: The new one with the, so Matilda. that little actress from is from Amelie? Matilda. Oh, Matilda, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, which is from my childhood. So mm-hmm. that and when the Santa talks to the little deaf girl, it just I sit there and cry every time. <gasps> That's a good one.
0: And the original, she Santa speaks Dutch, I think. Oh, really? I think. Well, that definitely happens, but I can't remember. Yeah, Blake said we're going to go back and
3: watch it. That and the shop around the corner, which, fun fact, is what inspired the movie You've Got Mail. Interesting. So, we'll be doing all of those. So, you can have a tree, even though you have a cat, right? I do. We have cat-safe ornaments that are on the lower lower side. But we are taking a risk this year, because we also put the Christmas Village up. Oh. Which... Is uh we'll see if the uh-huh. cat knocks all the porcelain penguins right. off the shelf. We'll Ooh, see.
1: It's rough. Huh.
3: You can't you can't hold on to things too tightly in this life.
1: You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's um, not pretty in the box. <laughs> so my husband and my kids decorated our house for Christmas when I was gone, and I guess when they were decorating, Jude, who's three, um, was putting out one of our nativity sets and had little baby Jesus, and he like grabbed it and he I guess this is Scott telling me. He's like, this
3: is God. Mm-hmm. He loves me. And like, just kept wow. shouting
2: that like all wow. around the house. He's so cute.
3: That's so sweet.
2: Man, I they're,
0: know. They're little sermon illustrator producers. They sermon are. Sermon illustration <laughs> producers. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's excellent. It's very exciting. Did you write that down for future use?
1: Um, Scott did. He's like, oh, I'm definitely putting that in my Christmas <laughs> Eve sermon. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you are. So I'm glad everyone had a good Thanksgiving. I think at least you guys did. It's fine. Um, <laughs> okay. So this past sunday we did something different to kick off our advent different here different here at christ united um i never done it it's called hanging of the greens which Mm -hmm. is a actual uh service in our book of worship um so what led us to do that and tell us tell the listeners about what it what it is
0: so the hanging of the greens is uh I, i forgot to look up the original date but it's been around for a while i mean like more than a century and it's probably like an 1800s type thing um i don't know when it got put in the book of worship or when it became a methodist thing but um the idea is to explain the symbols of the season like theologically like so why do we have um evergreen why do we have holly and ivy why do we have like what do the christmas lights symbolize and um we, ne- we never did that at rap when we were there when i moved to henrietta the one of the um women in the church who was a preacher's wife heard that her husband had been the pastor in Henrietta before she the very first year I was there she's like <laughs> Sue Murray is her name um she's like when are we are we are you gonna preacher Chris are you gonna do the hanging to the green service and I'm like I don't know what is the hanging in <laughs> the green service and she's like we haven't done one here in a long time we need to and she was you know yeah she didn't how to tell the cow, how to eat the cabbage or whatever, (laughs) whatever that phrase is. So we didn't do it the first year, but we did it the second year. And I I just really, I think it's a charming service. And we did it, so I've done it most, I've done it most years over the past decade or so. And uh, when we were in Henrietta, like I like to get youth and children involved in the service periodically when we can. And it seemed like a real no brainer to get the youth involved in that service. But we have more youth than we did in Sherman. So I thought, well, maybe we can get the Compromands involved. And that, so it worked out really well. So the, the Compromands led those readings for us. They they brought in the various um, symbols. So it was the garland, the evergreen, the holly and the ivy, right? <laughs> uh, am I missing one? I feel like I'm missing one. Did you say
1: the wreath? Oh, yeah, the wreath.
0: The wreath. But I think I think evergreen was the wreath.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Or maybe,
0: uh, yeah. But anyway, those those symbols that are kind of um, <laughs> universal.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And explain the theology behind it. Thought, I thought it was really cool. We got really good, really positive feedback on it. Oh, the Bible. We didn't actually walk in with the Bible. Oh. Yeah. We, it was up there. And because w- once it's, the way yeah. we have the altar laid out, it's hard. to mm-hmm. it, You have to go to the Bible first. But that reading of the, like, sequentially mm-hmm. comes last. So it stayed up there. That makes sense. But then we turned on all the trees. Which is pretty cool. Because we have a lot of trees. It's
3: so yeah. awesome.
0: And of course, Chance will look amazing.
3: Yeah. The sanctuary great. just looks awesome. Mm-hmm. The church looks great, but the sanctuary is so pretty. Yep, totally. Yeah, I loved it. Um,
1: okay. Uh, is there any favorite part of hanging of the greens that you like the most? Uh,
0: the one that struck me every time we did it yesterday was the lights. There was hearing a mm-hmm. child say, um, what was the line that she read? I think it was a she at all three services. It's a symbol of how Christ overcomes our darkness or something mm-hmm. like that this is really it's really a beautiful um, little phrase theologically and hearing it hearing a young person say it, it's pretty cool yeah how about you
1: um i was gonna say probably the christmas lights too because i never i mean this sounds bad i didn't like to hear someone read about like the lights on their christmas tree because you know you you drive around and like oh look there's lights on it and you don't ever think like Oh, mm-hmm. there's a deeper meaning to uh-huh. that. And so now I feel like I'm never gonna look at Christmas lights the yeah. same again. Mm-hmm. So I was I really like that part.
0: And our Hindu friends do the same thing with Diwali. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh. That's the whole point. It's a festival of light. Yep. Because it's how good overcomes evil. Yep. I mean, very similar in some ways.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: My husband's coworkers celebrate Diwali and they go all out every year and it is so it looks like so much fun.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Hmm. All right. Um, Okay, so we were in Isaiah, and you talk about how it provided the initial spark of the expectation Mm -hmm. of the Messiah. From that text and other texts, what became kind of like the checklist for the Messiah? Like, what were people Mm -hmm. looking for at this time?
0: As far as the signs or the characteristics? The
1: characteristics, I think.
0: So (laughs) the text that we read is not an easy text. So, and Stephanie and I were talking about this yesterday um, after the first service. Because when I went through the sermon with Whitney, like I always do on Saturday, she's like, why all the history? Because <laughs> that's not really her jam. <laughs> but yeah, in order for it to make sense, like what Isaiah is saying to Ahaz, you kind, you kind of have to understand what's going on in the, in the background. The original text was not about the Messiah. The original text was about the um, survival of Judah during the Syro-Ephraimite war. Okay, And no one knows what the Syro-Ephraimite War is. It's a little confusing to explain it because it's the kingdom of Syria battling Syria. And that's that's a subtlety that's not easily explained, you know, if you're not in a Bible study. And so, but the thing is with that text, it, it contains the line that Matthew then references about Emmanuel. So um, eventually what ends up happening is that some of the texts in um Isaiah are um later interpreted to be about a coming king. Okay. But I'm not sure necessarily Isaiah 7:14 was <laughs> because that was Matthew's thing. That was how Matthew interpreted. Okay. So what Matthew Matthew is the scripture is the the gospel that is the most um most focused on a Jewish Christian audience. And so he talks a lot about throughout the the whole gospel really about the fulfillment of the of the old testament in jesus and the first one he starts with is this one from 714 isaiah 714 so um ultimately what came to be expected and we're talking about late in the old testament or like second century um uh, bc is that the messiah would become would be an earthly king who would kind of throw off the oppressors and um that expectation begins in the exilic area uh, era, and then by the second century, that term Messiah is used for this coming king, the expectation of this coming king, and of course in the in the New Testament we assume that's Jesus, but we also reinterpret that mm-hmm. to be a not a earthly king, but a kind of cosmic king. Okay. So, so um, it was really much very much about overthrowing earthly powers. Um, but it's a complicated narrative because the way a Jewish scholar would explain that is very different than the way a Christian scholar would explain that because we, we obviously they don't think the Messiah should come yet. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Yeah. So that is confusing. I think a lot of people read all these texts and they think, Oh, they're specifically talking about, about Christ. Mm -hmm. And you just said, well, this text is not necessarily about that.
0: Well, definitely was not for Isaiah. Yeah.
1: So, but people think, Oh no, that's, it's always about that, and you're like, "Well, right. no, there's that's why context, knowing about history, is like so it important. really
0: it really matters." Like it's we read, we understand it to be Jesus. Isaiah did not. Yeah. And there's this whole thing with Isaiah 7:14 that you really can't talk about in a sermon <laughs> because there's it, it, this needs to be like a kind of an ongoing dialogue. The te- the text as I read it is a young woman shall bear a son. And name him Emmanuel. But you know how that gets translated in, into Greek. That Matthew ends up translating. Okay. Is virgin.
2: Mm.
0: A virgin shall mm-hmm. bear a son. And call him Emmanuel. Well, Matthew is reading a Greek translation that uh, makes a, it changes the original Hebrew. The original Hebrew doesn't say virgin. The original Hebrew says young woman, Greek didn't really have an equivalent. So it ends up being virgin. And so there's this whole conversation around like the virginity of Mary. Yeah. Now, as obviously as in Orthodox Christianity, Mary's a virgin. This is not really a thing. And Luke says the same thing. So therefore that we have two different sources who say that. But, um, I didn't want to get into all that because
3: we
1: we didn't
0: have a, a whole lot of time to talk about it. So
3: it's not sensitive.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's more sensitive for some than others. And listen, I was raised Catholic, right? I mean, right. Mary is a big thing, big yeah. deal. Um, but really, the image we get of Mary is from Luke's gospel that does not deal with a mistranslation of the original Hebrew. And so um, I it's never been a problem for me. But the, the language change is very clear. So that when we read it, and it, you know, I read it in worship yesterday, it was a young woman. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many people are actually paying attention to that kind of thing. But. Sure.
1: Now they are. Listen up. There's nuggets everywhere. Um, that ended up on the cutting room floor. Yeah, yeah. probably good. Confirmans are in there. You're like, all right, guys, let's talk about this. Um, okay, so you talked about how other people have the title of Messiah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. Talk about that because that can be very confusing for people.
0: So, okay, so we probably should make the distinction between little m Messiah and capital M Messiah. Okay. So the. Like Messiah was a a word used to describe um, people who had, who played a particular role. So um, I didn't really, I didn't bring a bunch of references with me uh, here to to give people. But uh, sometimes it was a king, sometimes it was a prophet, sometimes it was a priest that acted in this uh, way, this kind of intercessor role mm-hmm. between, for, uh, on God's behalf for God's people. But by the time we think of like the, the Messiah, the way Jesus is the Messiah, that is a very specific person, uh, who is expected to come and deliver God's people. So the expectation in its historical context was that that deliverer would be, a, would do a particular thing mm-hmm. it, by the first century it was whoop the Romans. Right. Okay. Je- Jesus obviously turns that expectation on its head. Like he does with so many other expectations, but, um, yeah, it's a complicated concept.
1: Yeah, so like some of the high high priests or different people, let's say, like, and is that in the in the text, like Old Testament, where people are called that
0: uh-huh. anointed one? Yeah, anointed. One. Okay. Yeah, and so uh, then you can also complicate that further by the historical figures who claimed to be the Messiah. Okay,
1: that's mm. going to be my next. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, um, and we're talking about like Jewish leaders, Jewish rebel leaders who were trying to rally people around their cause to whoop the Romans. Hmm. None of which came to particularly effective ends. Mm -hmm. Um, and so from a Christian perspective, obviously we, we have a a kind of a more spiritualized view of what the Messiah does.
2: Yeah.
3: Interesting. I didn't know about that.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Where some some people are like, I'm the Messiah. And then they realize things were working. They're like, never mind. Just kidding. I'm not.
3: (laughs) Right.
0: Look
1: away. Look
2: away.
0: I think think you're pretty committed by that point. If you you claim to be him and we're going to go fight the Romans, you're kind of locked in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, the Romans weren't gracious winners.
2: (laughs)
3: Not so much. But that's where some of the frustration came with Jesus of them. They were like, but you were going to fix this. And he's like, yeah, not the way you thought, though. Right. Yeah. Sorry about that.
0: (laughs) Exactly.
1: Which is Mm -hmm. another reason people kind of rejected. They're like, I don't like this. Mm -hmm.
3: It's
0: not working
1: for me or not fast enough or, yeah. Exactly.
3: Man, that's relatable.
0: God not meeting (laughs) our expectations.
3: (laughs) Yeah, very relatable.
1: (laughs) Okay, so people, we talk, obviously there's a lot of like um, coming from King David, a king like David. Mm -hmm. So people have these expectations, but the gospels that gospels have a kind of a different, um, description of Jesus as Messiah. Right. So a little bit, um, what would you say each gospel, like they focus on a different part of, of Jesus kingship, I guess.
2: Hmm.
0: So I would say every gospel emphasizes a different way that Jesus shows up in the world, maybe. So for, for Matthew, that's what we're gonna be talking about this season. It's Emmanuel, God with us. Um, And he is very much, it's very much about the fulfillment of the prophecy, the fulfillment of the scriptures. Um, Luke, he's much more of a um, kind of siding with the people on the margins. We talked about that a lot last year in, in Mark, it's much more about the suffering, the kind of redemptive suffering aspect of his ministry. Um, It's like he's on a, it's like, it's like he's, Um, in a rush to the cross in Mark and then John he's God so it's uh it's a very it's kind of a what's the most theologically sophisticated in that sense book and um is not so much about the cross as it is about kind of his um I mean in the beginning was the word and the word was with God the word was God Mm. um so I would say, what we're going to be talking about throughout this the, the season is about what it means that God is with us. like how, how does that change things? And um, to set the stage, we, we had to talk about kind of the source of that idea, and for Isaiah, it meant that God was not going to abandon Judah, or at least not then. <laughs> um, and that proved to be true. And then when Matthew picks up that idea, he's going to be taught, he'll talk much more about how God with us, uh, this, um, this idea of Emmanuel empowers us to, to do things like live up to the Sermon on the Mount, which is a incredibly high bar. Um, and enables us to be in community with one another because it's Matthew's been called the church's book because it's talks most about us being in community with one another. Um, And then obviously there's like an eternal aspect to that as well. So each, like every, all four of the gospels obviously agree that he's the Messiah. And all of them agree that uh, as the Messiah, he saves us. And then they kind of each go slightly different directions with exactly how that shows up. Mm -hmm. Does it make sense?
1: Yeah. Now there's so much talk of, um, you know, I think, Kind of going back, the Jewish people had in their mind it was going to be King David, two point right? But Jesus really is not. But how do you th- see similarities between David and and Jesus?
0: Mm-hmm. If any? <laughs> um, man, I, do you see similarities? I of don't,
1: I mean, I think that's what was so hard for people is that they're like they really had okay, it's going to be King David. You like the anti-David? And I mean, then, David
0: is kind of. Um, David was an incredibly effective leader. Yeah. Because he, you know, he united the kingdoms and started the, the golden era of Israel as a kingdom. Mm-hmm. But he was also incredibly self centered. Yeah. And, I mean, the whole Bathsheba thing is a. It's a little. N- not a great story. Not a great story. Um, he kind of. Well, I mean, Saul was his mentor, and he ended up i mean saul didn't come to a very good end Mm -mm. so um the the parallels between david and jesus would be about their maybe their unifying ability um there is a sense in which david saved israel i mean kind of in a very um worldly way
2: yeah
0: um but that's—I've never really—I've never even really drawn that much of a comparison between the two.
1: No, well, I think it's kind of revealing of, you know, these people. Even David was not this perfect leader at all; has some pretty major flaws, and yet people are like, "Yeah, let's do that again." Um, and it's almost like. When someone comes along that is very different, but it's probably what we need. We're like, no, 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 we still want that guy. That's not very good. Like, isn't it, it's just so revealing about our human condition? Mm-hmm. Of like, not that we shouldn't be forgiving or give people second chances or any of that, but I think it's like, yeah, we want King David again, even though there were some major. There was issues. a cost,
0: it's a high, high cost.
3: Yeah, the known quantity over the unknown quantity.
1: Yeah, <laughs> even if yeah,
0: it's That's yeah. a really intriguing question. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, okay. So just everyone, listeners, think about that King David and <laughs> how we, anyway. Um, G- the pages flicking.
0: Jesus yeah. is like, whoa, 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 whoa.
1: whoa. Say what?
0: <laughs> being in the line of David. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not mean I am David. It does yeah.
1: That guy that like i it's like that bizarre cousin you're like i mean we're in the same line but i'm not gonna claim him all the time
3: both great leaders different management
1: tactics (laughs) yes (laughs) definitely um okay so you got to talk about the christmas carol in your sermon yeah which i know you love um have you read it
0: i have have you read it you read it every year i do every year
2: Mm -hmm. I meant to this year because I, I meant remember to talking about it yeah. last year. Last year,
1: and you're like, it's not that Because isn't long. it short?
0: It's short. Yeah. It's a novella. I'll have to remember. Yeah. I'll
2: okay.
0: do it. Like I, I finished it in time so I can read a book that Rita recommended. The best Christmas pageant ever. It's like her <laughs> yes. annual. And I've never read it, so I'm reading <laughs> it now. You've never yeah. read that? <laughs> huh.
1: so, oh. The
0: herdsman? No, no. What, what are the kids' names? Uh, oh. Uh. The six kids who are... Gotcha.
1: So I it's tried to read that to Andy a couple of years ago, because I grew up reading uh-huh. it and loving it.
0: So it must be a Midwest thing? So, but you grew up pretty I good. I did.
3: Huh. But my mom was a reading teacher, so like,
1: for oh, okay. kids. Okay. Yeah. Like her thing. My mom was a librarian, uh-huh. so there you go. Yeah. Um, but uh, the kids were so mean in it, and like the mm-hmm. things they said, I had to stop reading it to Andy, because they were just like, <laughs> kind of like when you watch Home Alone, and like yeah. the kids are oh, right. so mean, the way yeah, they talk yeah. to each other, I'm like, oh, we're, I'm not going to let you read this. I closed so like, Oh, close. wait, this is... From the 80s and right,
0: the 90s. exactly. Like, <laughs> yes, our standards were very different. Whoops. <laughs> very different.
2: Brave we... little
3: toaster goes back on the shelf. <laughs> it's a weird movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. Um, okay, so I love how you brought it. how Scrooge didn't realize he needed saving. Do you think the people of Israel think they needed saving? I don't
0: think anyone. I think you have to convince everyone they need saving. Okay. that's the. I think that's the whole point. And I got to thinking about this. Last night we were watching, we were decorating the tree and watching Elf. So many Christmas movies are about the fundamental concept of belief, mm-hmm. right? Do you believe in the right thing? And it's obviously usually about Santa or Christmas magic or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, I just think there's a part of us that could that is convinced that we're all we need,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and sometimes we get too smart. So even people who are raised in the church sometimes get, think they're too become too smart to. Mm-hmm. think they need anything besides themselves Mm -hmm. and what I love about that book listen Dickens is a genius like he is one of the best authors of all time right I mean you're if you're gonna put your pantheon of people who wrote meaningful fiction he's in anybody's pantheon and it's like from you know great expectations to bleak house I mean pick pick the book but this is like a distilled version of his theology and scrooge he he is the the caricaturized picture of self-reliance he was born poor he makes something of himself and then he stops caring about anything but that Mm. and it takes a a friend of his who had shared his business and his worldview Mm -hmm. to come back from the dead and there's something there Mm -hmm. to to reveal to him, not to tell him, because, he I mean, their initial encounter with Marley, he's, he sees the chains that Marley has forged in life. And they're the same chains that he, like, that's money boxes and safes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But until he takes this kind of this metaphysical journey through, from his past and what he used to care about and what was important to him and what the people who were influential on him to how people view him today um, to what the future holds, like he, he, that journey is what convinces him that he needs saving. And I just, I just think it's a, such a beautiful, an apt metaphor for me, beautiful metaphor, um, for what it takes for so many of us.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. It just made me think of how, well, the people of Israel, like they were crying out to God a lot of like, you know, like save us or come, but yet they weren't necessarily changing anything about what they were doing and yet so it's like we love the concept of being saved and like change but we actually don't want to put forth any effort like it's just this really weird place to be of like we want all the comfort and the goodness but we also think we are not we don't need to like fess up to anything mm-hmm. or be held accountable for anything i don't know um and I think for Scrooge, like he was very like unaware, I think of things of that he needed to be changed, um I don't know, it just there's a lot going on. I feel like when I think about Scrooge and then Israel and us mm-hmm. of how like we're so desperate to be saved, and yet we don't either acknowledge it, we're in denial about it, or we put very little effort. And then I thought about, okay, so the people of Israel were, were like Scrooge in the fact that they chose things little by little, that they were unaware that, mm-hmm. okay, if you do this, it's going to put you on a different path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's convicting for us too, because a lot of us will make, well, I'll just do it this one mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or I'll just, this this year I'll do this, and you don't think like, gosh, life goes, goes so fast, mm-hmm. and you think, all these little decisions led me to where I am now. Yep, mm-hmm.
3: compounding of things.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that was kind of Israel's story. They probably mm-hmm. were like, we made so many choices, and now this is where it has left us. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: There's – the, I don't know how often it comes up in adaptations, but to me, one of the most poignant uh, scenes in the in the book <clears throat> is when it's, it, he's with the ghost of Christmas past, and he is talking to the woman he loved. Yeah. mm And um, like the way that he phrases it, like she is so great, so gracious with him, but she, she's trying to gently point out to him how he's changed. Mm -hmm. Like you you fell in love with me when we cared about different things. And, um, and then he gets defensive about it and he makes what I think is a pretty insightful um, critique of humanity. He says, well, uh, well, this is just great. There's nothing that the world's so hard on as poverty and nothing that the world's so cynical about is caring about money. Mm-hmm. Like, like, oh man, mm-hmm. yes, Charles Dickens, that's true. Mm-hmm. But then she says, I release you. Mm. It's that, uh, it's just, it's mm. like the whole book is worth reading for that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she, like, she, she so clearly regrets where their relationship has ended up. Mm. And, and I think that's the first moment in the book when he cries. Hmm. I think that's right. And that ghost to Christmas past, who by this point is old, getting old, um, is uh, asks him about it. What's that on your cheek? Mm-hmm. Because it's the, the moment he begins to see that he's lost his way. Yeah,
3: mm. to melt a it's, little oh bit. God,
0: it's so good. It's so good.
3: Well, because everybody imagines themselves as their younger best self right Right. and then just piles all these things on top of it and you're like no I'm still that person and everyone's like yeah do you see all the stuff you've piled on top though Mm -hmm. all the walls you've built up Mm -hmm. no one can see through that I know you're you in there but just a series of closed doors Mm -hmm. it's powerful
0: it really is and then he uh, I think it's in the ghost of Christmas present that he sees her with her new husband it's really it's just it's like there's there's so much nuance in the book even in a short little book that you miss because it's such a well-known story
2: Mm
3: -hmm. but everyone has that story in their life the thing that the road they didn't take for one reason or another everybody has a a regret Mm -hmm. some people hang on to regrets some people (laughs) choose not to hang on to regrets it doesn't matter but everybody is like oh yeah That one job I could have taken or that one person I didn't ask out or whatever. Yeah. That one
1: golden calf. Yes. (laughs) Really? (laughs) We would have just not done that. Where would we be today? Uh, Whoopsie. (laughs) Whoopsie daisy. Um, And I, so I agree that the Muppets version with Michael Caine is the best.
0: It's so good. good. He is brilliant.
1: He's so – I love that he just does whatever. Mm -hmm. Like he can do any role. Yeah.
0: He does not play it like he's in a Muppet movie
1: no not
0: and he interacts with those muppets like they're humans he's he's remarkable mm-hmm. in that movie yeah and
1: mm-hmm. i want to read the book how so how you say it's short how how long is a christmas carol
0: um i have a kindle version so it's a little hard to tell but it's like um oh i don't know 100 pages maybe not, oh. not even not even
1: man okay yeah i could do that okay
3: We all have homework.
1: Short little pages. Okay.
0: It's so worth it. Oh, my God. It's so worth it. And there's so many things that you'll – like, I laugh out loud. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't even know how many times I've read it. It's
3: probably free or a dollar on Kindle or something.
0: Oh, yeah. I got a – so I couldn't open my old free one, Mm -hmm. so I just downloaded a new free one. Yeah. And I've got a hard copy as well, but
1: Mm – Okay. Um, What else in this sermon? Was there anything else you wanted that was on the cutting room floor or anything that you thought – well, it had to, to be a short that. one just yeah. because of
0: all the stuff going on in worship. Um, probably not. I think we got all the. I think we got all the stuff that we needed to get on the table. Um, kind of setting the stage for next week's text, which is Matthew quoting. Yeah. This passage and uh, taking it in the direction that we're more familiar with.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a good kind of like teaser. Setting for the, the stage. Yeah. yeah. So I appreciated that, um, but the education of the background of why it was written and what was going on was helpful. And then the fact that you're like, but I'm gonna reference it next week. And so next week will be interesting, the call back to it. I mean, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. So this coming week is Advent two. Hopefully everyone has signed up for Advent devotionals. Yeah. Those started going out today. Oh
3: yeah, they, they started did. going out today. Excellent. Excellent.
0: So that means plenty of people still can sign up
3: because mm-hmm. oh, we don't yeah. we don't
0: force those on anybody. You have to you have no, to opt in.
3: If you opt to, if you were getting them for the last couple of years, you'll get them. Uh, but if you haven't, or you are not getting them? It's really easy. Go to cmc.com slash subscribe or check your spam folder or check your spam <laughs> folder yeah. um, or just email me if you are having trouble and I'll help you out. Ashley at cmc dot
0: com. Awesome. So that's started. Advent uh, studies have started. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, this yeah, week. Tonight. Yeah. Start tonight. One. Yep.
0: Um, next week we have PJs coming back. Oop, oop. So the, someone wants to bring in PJs.
1: And the Children's Musical next Sunday. Children's
0: Musical At next 2 Sunday. 2
1: p.m. starring Chris and myself.
0: <laughs> we're the stars. Awesome. We really
3: are. Are yeah, you all on a podcast in that too? Uh, <laughs> we are basically. we
0: being interviewed on the radio. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the kids are awesome. Um And then two weeks, so on the 11th, that's Lessons and Carols. Which will be a, a fantastic, uh, mm-hmm. event. So that's, that's the next Full orchestra. Weeks. Yeah, full orchestra. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So lots going on. Um, all right. Well, I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Hope everybody's houses are properly decorated and they've at least got one Christmas movie in. Mm-hmm. If you've got a spot on your reading list, highly recommend a Christmas carol and we'll be back next week with another episode of Offscript. God bless.
3: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Off script. It was hosted by Reverend Chris Dowd and Reverend Reagan Gillen, Produced by Ashley Danner as a part of the Christ United Podcast Ministries. You can visit cumc.com backslash podcasts in order to see all of the series we have available. Like, subscribe, and follow us so that you don't miss a single episode. Thank you for supporting us. Have a great week.